0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory, all with great warranties. Terrific pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. They go over every vehicle. And a terrific service department that backs it all up Every step of the way, routine, difficult, they can handle it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We'll get to uh, Greg Wetzel in a moment, uh, but we do have. Um, before we get to that, our play-by-play call of the day, the Nuggets last night. The defending champions are off to a year six and one start. And last night they beat the Golden State Warriors 108 to 105. He missed it. Chris Paul's got to go with it. Up to Clay. Got it off. But not enough. He lost the handle. And the Nuggets win. So the Nuggets go to six and one, and that was Mark Jones on ESPN last night with their play-by-play call up the day. All right, let's bring in Greg Wetzel now. A long time no here. Glad you found the station. It's been a while, hasn't it? Since yeah, it's been a while. About, yeah. yeah.
1: Twenty-four hours.
0: Yeah, twenty-four hours. <laughs> so let let's let's get to what happened last week first beat Milton, and that's a good Milton football team. You
1: know, Montoursville, Steve. Oh,
0: excuse me, Montoursville, yep. excuse me. They beat Montoursville last week. It's a good yeah. Montoursville team. Yep. They won 29-14. to mm-hmm. uh, In that game, I mean, it, what was the difference, and what are now some of the common themes you're starting to see from this team on a weekly basis?
1: Okay. I, I think, and I, I talked to the coach about this, and, and I know this is cliche, Steve, they played to win. Yeah. Um, they had fourth down on this was a little overlooked play in the game, but early in the game, they had fourth down on their own thirty-eight yard line. Fourth and about two, a short two, a call a yard and a half. They went yeah. for it. They got it. Right. You know? So that's that set the tone for these kids. So they had a, a fourth down punt. They were on their own fifteen uh, yard line. Fourth down and 11. They, they fake the punt, gain six, 17 yards. Next play, Jeremiah Davis goes 67 yards for a touchdown. Um, they have the ball on their own 13-yard line, second down and nine. They throw just a long pass. Perfect play, perfect pass play, hit Jalen Walker, a freshman wide receiver in stride, 87 yards for a touchdown. Uh, n- near the end of the game, they had a chance to go for a winning field goal. They had fourth and uh, goal from the two-yard line. Coach says, uh, you know, if we try to kick a field goal and they block it, they can return it for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But if we go for it and we throw an interception in the end zone, they have to start on their own 20. There's a minute to go in the game. They go for it, complete the touchdown pass for the final score of 29-14. to 14. So they really went in with the mindset that, hey, we're, going, we're here to win this game, not to compete. We're here to win the game.
0: Is that something uh, six weeks ago they would have done, some of those decisions based on how they felt about the team at that time?
1: I, I don't think they would have, but they, they feel so much more comfortable with the player, of their quarterback right now, with their defense and their offensive line right now. They, they just feel so much more comfortable.
0: All right. So now this is a team in Danville mm-hmm. that beat them 35-3 to the first time. Yes. Let's go back to that night. What were your impressions of Danville, and what was troubling on that night with the matchups?
1: Lewisburg held them in check pretty much defensively running the football, but they threw the football 40 times. The Patrick kid is just an excellent quarterback. He has excellent receivers. Um, Aaron Johnson has 23 touchdown receptions this year, and Lewisburg just couldn't match up with the receivers. Shep talk out of the backfield made some nice plays, catching some passes from the from uh, the halfback position out of the backfield. So if Lewisburg can stop their passing game, I think they can compete with them. But that's that's a big if because. The quarterback missed one game. He still threw 40 touchdown passes this year. Amazing. Uh, so they have a heck of a they have a great passing attack.
0: So for Lewisburg, is there anything on that particular night that worked <laughs> that can be foundational for this game?
1: They they this is when they were still looking for their quarterback, they were still playing the two quarterback system, Steve. They've now established the quarterback who they have, but they did run the ball fairly well in the first quarter against Danville, and uh, I think that's something they built on. You know, talking with the coach, they said, "Hey, we were we were trying at that point in the season, we were still playing." to get better towards the end of the season. So we were looking for a quarterback. So they started throwing the ball in situations where they might not throw it this time. They might run the ball this time. But they were trying to find out who they were, kind of find their identity, so to speak, on offense. I I think they found that. Does that mean they're going to beat Danville? No. But I I think they're going to be more competitive than they were the first game.
0: All right. So what does it mean, and I talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. what would it mean to the Lewisburg kids to play with the lead, especially in the second half of the game?
1: Oh, that, that would be huge. That would, that would be huge that, to get that lead and, and think, hey, we have a chance, and that puts a little more pressure on Danville because Danville thinks they're going to win. Which they should. Every team should think that way. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but uh, they've already beaten us 35 to three. They th- they think they this should be a game they should win, and I think if Lewisburg gets the lead, especially if they would go up more than one score in the second half, that really starts to put a little pressure on the Ironman.
0: All right. What about the? And you talk about putting the pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Over the years, when you're in the quote favorite position. You're the higher seed. Right. What have you seen when typically if there's game pressure on them and how they react?
1: You know, that that's a that's a good question, Steve. Um I, they the, the it, times we've played Danville Uh, in playoff games like this. Lewisburg has gone into these the last several years, they might have won their first round game but they've always gone in as the 5th, 6th, 7th seed. Right. Where they're not expected to win that second round matchup. And and you know um, teams come out a little, I don't want to say tight, but uh, they're not playing as good as they have played the first time we played them because mm-hmm. we've all every time we've been in this playoff situation and I know we've talked about this before, these are teams we've already played once during the course of the right. year, right. so you know it, it's human nature to think, hey, we already beat these guys pretty bad badly we're going to do it again, so they they have played some tight tight games uh I should say the offense has looked tight, Mm -hmm. not crisp, for the opposing teams. Mm -hmm. I can remember two years ago, three years ago, I think it was, Lewisburg um, went up to Loyal Sock, who was a heavy favorite at that time. I think they were the number one seed, to Mm -hmm. tell you the truth, in District Mm -hmm. 4 that year. We had a 28-7 halftime lead. We ended up losing the game 35-28, but we had a 28-7 lead at halftime.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Danville, by the way, beat Athens in the opening round, 55-7. to Yes, so. right. Yep. All right. So let's get to Seelins Grove hey, now. One, one yeah, thing, Steve, sure, before please. you
1: go. I have to yeah. put this plug in for Lisburg. Sure. Last night in the Penn State men's soccer game, Loisberg's Ben yeah. Liscom kicked about the fourth goal, an ultimate winning goal, on that penalty kick overtime.
0: Yep. That's
1: right. Just wanted to get that in. Yeah.
0: Yep. And a, a team with Peter and all those guys. Yep. The top players, he's the one that we got the fourth penalty kick last
1: night. Yes, he did. Yeah. Proud of it.
0: And they go on, they'll play uh, noon on Sunday in Bloomington against Indiana right. for the Big Ten Tournament Championship. That's then they'll great. be then they'll get to the NCAAs
1: yep. regardless. They're, yep. they're gonna get there no matter what. That's exactly
0: right. right. Okay, let's get uh Zach Showers in here. Uh he hasn't called yet. He hasn't called yet. No what? Oh goodness Greg, you must still be in school. <laughs> hey Greg, these are issues you and I have to don't have to deal with.
1: No. My my issue is do I get off the golf course in time to get here. Right. Did you play today? <laughs> yes. Eighty one. Oh, that's terrific! Well, right it, considering considering it was a 44 in the front nine, it was it was a lot better. <laughs> wow! 37 on the back, so 37 44 on the, front. the back. Yeah. Where'd you play? I played I played well on the back, made some putts. Yeah. yeah. But where'd you play? Bucknell. A Bucknell? Yes. Yeah. I've never played that course. Anytime you want to play it, give me a buzz. Okay. We'll get you yeah. on and we'll uh, have a have a good time.
0: Yeah, I've never, I've, I've driven past it, but I've never played it.
1: Yep, very nice uh, course. Good, I yep. like very it. Yep, very nice course. Mm. would love to get you on it.
0: Yeah, no, I'd love to go. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think about? You know I talked to you about this before as we wait for Zach. Mm-hmm. One year, I was talking with George Landis, and George, was the old Bucknell egg coach, right, uh, and he was a teammate of Jack Hams. Back in the late 60s. George's a great guy. Mm -hmm. And he was coaching, I want to
1: say CD East. It was either one of the. Yeah, he was Central Dolphin, Central Dolphin East. I can't remember which one it was down there. Yeah, I think think it was CD East. Okay. Okay,
0: I think. And I remember Jack was asking him one day, he just came over to talk to us at the pregame show. We were just chit chatting. And he he said, Where are you? And I said, Well, we're in the playoffs. He goes, well, and Jack says, "How many playoff games might you guys play?" He says, "Well, we played ten regular season games. This is back then. Yeah, it's a little, little different now." He says, "We," he said, if "We get to the championship game. We can play six more games."
1: Yes, Lewisburg would have to win six games. Danville has to win six games to win the state tournament. So you have five left. Yes, yes. They played yeah, ten, ten regular be, season games and a, six playoff games. That's a road, man. That is a l- tough, tough road. Yes, you're
0: correct. I mean, when you're sitting... Say you get to the state championship game, mm-hmm. and you've played 16 games, that means 38% of your games have been postseason games.
1: That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot... Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a long season. It, it really is. Well, and there are no yeah. bye weeks in high school football season.
0: Do they... Okay, when the coaches mm-hmm. how much do you think they have cut down on the uh, practice well in order to ex- make it more manageable uh, and i I know you're playing somebody that they, they've played before yeah but, you know how much have they had to cut back for the obvious reasons
1: well I, I could tell you Lewisburg's cut back their practices from two hours two hours and 15 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and a half because number one of that is because of the time change uh and it's it gets dark so quickly now because they don't start practice till four o'clock
0: they don't have lights on the practice they don't
1: have lights on the practice field they have no lights uh at all on their practice field now in fact let's see what today's thursday wednesday night they practiced on the youth lewisburg youth football field because the youth football field has lights okay so, All right, yeah.
0: yeah, because the uh, the sundown sundown tonight is four uh, fifty eight here, yeah, and it's it's a couple minutes earlier where you are.
1: Correct, yep. But yeah. they went. Uh, I was out Tuesday night to practice, and they were finished at five after five. Wow.
0: Yep. Well, Zach has called in. By the okay. Way. So why hey. don't why don't you talk to him? No, I'm
1: just gonna... <laughs> take over, Steve.
0: <laughs> Zach, great to have you with us.
2: Hey, um, thanks for having me as always.
0: Zach, there's this is different than any other playoff game out there for obvious reasons. Because when the two teams played it was 21-21, we know what happened to Max. So, what's the thought process on this? I know it was a while ago, but it's still fresh in so many memories.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I I think obviously, you know, there there's always going to be that um, that memory of that Week Three game um, and how it ended, um, but I, I would say uh, that both of these teams are really focused on a football game on Friday night. Um, obviously, that's going to be in the back of back of everyone's minds, um, especially since it took place at Seals Grove. But um, this is this week. I, I've been trying to think throughout the week um, other games that have been as anticipated as this game. Um, in the last 10 or 15 years. And, and I'm having a hard time finding one without going back to the 2009 state championship season. So this is a this is a big one. There's going to be a lot of people there, a lot of media coverage. And uh, really since that week three, I think, um, especially fans and media and even the teams in the back of their mind were looking ahead and going, okay, let's, uh, let's circle week 12 because I think we're going to have another good one coming up in nine weeks.
0: Seals Grove won 58-10 over Shickalumi. Jersey Shore beat Milton 54-7. to So both appear to be playing their best football right now. In the matchup the first time, what worked for Seals Grove? What was a concern for Seals Grove?
2: Yeah, so when you look at the stats, they were a bit deceptive. Um, Jersey Shore definitely moved the ball a little bit more than Seals Grove. Uh, special teams was a big area. Sealands Grove was able to return a kickoff for a touchdown to get to get seven points. Um, but it was interesting in that first matchup. Um, Jersey Shore ran a ton of plays as they always do, and seemed like they had the momentum going to the half. And Sealands Grove actually did something that they typically have not done and has not had done to Jersey Shore, and they actually ran tempo in a lot in that second half. And towards the end of that game, believe it or not, Sealands Grove looked like the team that was more fresh than Jersey Shore. Um and had we gone into overtime with the ball being at the ten yard line, you know, you know, you never know what's gonna happen um with that. But it seemed like Sealands Grove definitely had momentum, especially in that second half. Um so you know, I'm I'm curious to see if some of those things play out, but um overall Jersey Shore was able to control the clock. They were able to move the ball. And Salems Grove was able to make just enough big plays and had some good field position that they were able to, um, you know, make it a tie game.
0: Has Salem's Grove since mixed in some tempo?
2: Yes, they they have at times. Um, you know, here and there, they do it. Um, I think they're prepared, if they need to, to do that a little bit on Friday night after talking to Coach Hicks today. but. Um yeah, this is a this is a team that is progressively gotten more balanced throughout the year. Um the past couple couple weeks they've really worked the passing game um with Mark Pastori. He's had a really good second half of the season. Um you know, this is not a Salem's Grove team as I've said that's going to chuck the ball around 30 times, 30 to 40 times a game. Um but they're going to expect Jersey Shore to put eight nine guys in the box, which is actually similar to what um Shikulimi did last week against Salem's Grove and force um, pastorians and some receivers to make some plays. Um, I think one of the biggest things is just there's been a few more weapons that have stepped up for Salem Grove that can make some of those plays and um, you know, hopefully can take the pressure off of Tucker Teats, who's really done everything for this team.
0: Where is Jersey Shore potentially better?
2: Um, I would say probably the biggest area they're better is in their passing game. Um, they were breaking in a new quarterback. He was a senior but had not had not seen a lot of time the past couple of years. Um, so they've been able to develop a bit more of a passing game than what they had um, in week three. Um, that was actually one of Jersey Shore's worst games offensively through the passing game against Seelands Grove. So that that's an area of concern. They've been able to hit a few more big plays. Um, Jersey Shore's up front is very, very strong. They've always been and to be able to add some passing game that you can't just sit on that run game, which is still going to get some yards regardless, um, has been, has been really good. Um, but ultimately Jersey shore is still going to play their hurry up. They take about, I think around 14 seconds between plays. Um, when I say it might be faster than chip Kelly's hurry up offense <laughs> at Oregon, I'm not exaggerating. Um, right. they, they go very quickly and, uh, you know they as the season goes on it just seems like every year they perfect that a little bit more and regardless of what you see earlier in the season they're going to turn it up a little bit more come playoff time
0: uh, you mentioned the excitement uh is this one of those nights where they ring the field uh because of how many fans want to see it
2: that Again, sorry.
0: <laughs> I said you mentioned the excitement of this game leading into it. Is this one of those yeah. nights where fan wise you expect them to ring the field because not the, every seat's going to be used?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. It's it, yeah, I I think it'll definitely be a, a packed house on both sides. Um, Jones is blessed to have a nice facility, um, that you can have a ton of people packed in there, and um, yeah, I. I expected I we're expecting a fun night like we said a lot of media is going to be there and it's a game that I've heard you know more talk in the community from people and even outside mm-hmm. of the community saying hey what what do you think's going to go on Friday night um, you know what are your matchups so definitely a lot of excitement and it's been 2017 since Jones Grove has won a district championship uh, Jersey Shore has very much dominated that so to be able to to host at home um, I know it's a big deal not to have to go up to Thompson Street Stadium, which Seals Grove has really struggled at the past number of years. Um, so, yeah, we're we're looking forward to a fun one tomorrow night.
0: A lot of people struggle playing at Thompson Street Stadium because Jersey Shore is okay. good. Okay.
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Josh, thanks so much. Really appreciate it.
2: All right. Thank you.
0: All right. So here is the lineup the way it goes. four uh, a semifinals, Tomorrow. uh, Northwest, the fifth seed at number one, Muncie, seven o'clock tomorrow. South Williamsport, the three against Canton, the two at Canton at seven o'clock. Double A in District Four, the semis. Lime Mountain, the number four at number one, Troy. All right, Troy's undefeated. Mount Carmel at Southern Columbia. Those are both tomorrow at seven. Then in the Triple A, It'll be Warrior Run at Loyal Sock at 7 o'clock at Loyal Sock. Loyal Sock's the two-Warrior run, the six. Lewisburg, the four at Danville as the number one. That's tomorrow night at 7. It'll be on 100.9, the Valley, starting at 6.30. And then the Quad A Championship game, Jersey Shore, Sealands Grove, 7 o'clock at Sealands Grove on... Eagle 107, the pregame starts at 6 tomorrow. Come back with more in a moment, brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors here on News Radio 1070, WKOK.
1: This is the Steve
0: Jones Show on News Radio 1070, WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury
1: Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones.
0: And today's show. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Elmels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Sport Kia, Hyundai, so the best in new inventory, and the key with a new vehicle to me is not just that it's brand new, but the warranty, great warranties on these vehicles. It's not just three months and done. It's far more extensive than that. Now, the budget may be screaming pre-owned inventory. Well, guess what? They have the best selection of that, and they go over every vehicle and then stamp it with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a terrific service department, great technicians. They need more technicians, as a matter of fact. More than ever, they need technicians. And... They'll take care of the easy, the routine. They'll take care of the difficult. Make the entire um, deal is from start to finish. Buying to maintenance. They do it all. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. So for Saturday, just so you know, the lots will open at 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturday for Michigan. It's a noon kick. One-way traffic patterns go into effect at 9. Stadium gates open at 10. So again, the parking lots open at 7 on Saturday. One-way traffic patterns at 9. Stadium gates open at 10. And go from there. So at least now you have all the times for that. And this has a chance to be a record crowd. I mean, there, it's going to be, my guess is, in the end, between 110, 500, and 111,000. It's going to be somewhere in that range there, between 110, 500, and 111,000 for the game. Weather's going to be fine. It's not. It's not going to be an issue. So let's check in with our AccuWeather forecast. Get everybody up to date on that. I think the high is supposed to be 47 on Saturday. And the chance of rain is 6%, 20%. 20% chance of rain, 47 for a high. And it's going to start out, just so you know, it's going to start out Chilly. The time of 47, and AccuWeather uses what's called a real feel high of 41. So there's going to be a little bit of a breeze on Saturday, 10 to 20. But the um, if you are getting, I was usually check the hourly just to see, and I check the hour. The reason I check the hourly. Because I want to see what is it at 10 a.m. And like, why do you want to know it's 10 a.m.? Because that's when Jack, Brian, and I are out there with Roger doing the show. So since we're outside, what's it going to be like? 41 degrees, real field 35 at 10. 44, 38, real field at 11. Kickoff 47, 41. 1 o'clock, 46, 39. 2 o'clock, 46, 39 second number's the real field three o'clock forty-five real field thirty-seven four o'clock if you're still out there forty-three real field thirty-five so and then five o'clock forty-one with a real field of thirty-three so it's going to be a mostly sunny day um going to be a breezy day evidently um not a high humidity day um but at the same time, because of the breeze, it's going to feel chillier. So just dress appropriately. You should be cool. It should be fun. Um, so that's how she plays out on Saturday. Um, Penn State playing at home. They've got their crowd. Michigan will travel well. I mean, they'll have people, there's no question. Uh, but the crowd noise sometimes like you can have a huge crowd sometimes the the crowd noise part right earlier game you want to see you wonder I think that won't be a problem this time I think that people are really into it so my friend Jason Benetti just got the uh, Detroit Tigers TV job he's I mean Jason's he's just 40. It's a multi-year deal with the Tigers. It's going to do 127 games for them. And then Dan Dickerson, who does radio, is going to fill in for him on TV when he has to do other games for Fox. Um... Like, why is he leaving the White Sox? Okay, well, it got awkward as time went. Um, The very highest echelons of the White Sox didn't like the fact that he was balancing his White Sox schedule with his national work, college football, baseball. So when he signed a two-year deal before uh, last season, I mean, Jason said, basically, he says, it's kind of a pain. I said, yeah. Uh, He clarified how many Sox games he could miss. He said, and that was the problem. um, He said, the situation originally was vague as to how many games he could miss. He said, well, it's not vague anymore. uh, And then the chief revenue officer, Brooks Boyer, because of the conflicts they started having issues in fact it was the White Sox that put the story out not the Tigers where they wanted to thank him for all the years he was with the White Sox Now, I know we really like working with Steve Stone. Everybody says that. But it's interesting. when, it, While I have one friend getting this job, it is at the unfortunate cost of another friend. And that's Matt Shepard, who had been doing the Tigers game. And I've known Matt for 25 years. Because Matt was the play-by-play voice of Michigan basketball now it's Brian Bush and Brian is a terrific broadcaster and an even better guy I really like personally like Brian a lot um, and but you know, it's, it's the way the business goes um, and Matt had that job for five years but he's not going to come back Um, and Benetti is a Detroit area guy too well he'll be he'll end up being a great hire for them because Jason he did the Penn State Michigan game Saturday so the reason I bring it up he did the Detroit he did the uh, Penn State Michigan game Saturday on Fox so if you're wondering who that is and who we're talking about that's exactly who we're talking about Now, this week on TV, it's Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, Jenny Taft. In Beaver Stadium. Everything's ready. I mean, next thing is going to be the walkthrough tonight. Then they'll do Fast Friday, and then that's it. Uh, Justin Fields is not medically cleared for Thursday night football. So he's not playing tonight. And because of that, we're going to see the kid from Shepard. Bears are 2-7, and seven, lost to New Orleans 24-17. Agin went 18-30 for 220 yards, two touchdowns but three picks. Meanwhile, Bryce Young will go for Carolina tonight. I mean, the kid got off to a great start in his first game. Then since then, with all due respect, at some point, it catches up to you. And for him, unfortunately, uh, great start, but it's caught up to them. Interesting. to ask Kalen King about Michigan because you know he and Kobe are both. I mean, the twins are from Detroit. That's why the Thanksgiving weekend thing's gonna be cool for them, along with uh, Jalen Reed. He's a Detroit guy too. He said, you know, Kalen King says, man, we watch them more than anybody else. He said, in fact, we visited that school more than anybody else. He says his dad used to put up Charles Woodson videos when he was at Michigan and then when he was in the NFL, especially with the Packers. And he said, Charles Woodson made me love being a corner. Now, Cale, if you're wondering when it comes to age of the Twins, Kobe, the linebacker, is a minute older, just so you know. And the guy he loved watching Michigan was Devin Bush who of course was the first round pick of the Steelers See, I just liked the way he played he looked good out there when he flashed around if you're wondering which school they played at in Detroit they played at Cass Tech by the way now Reeb was not their teammate in high school So that's just another one of those interesting little sub plots going in where you, know, you talk about it in the pregame or something like that because it's neat. But once the game starts, it doesn't come into play. Uh, you just play the game. Yeah, and they're going to have to slow down those whiteouts. They do a good job of getting space in their offense. I'll say this: they, Purdue plays a ton of man, and they Purdue had a lot of guys out defensively on Saturday. I mean, not. Mean a lot of guys out, including Marquise Wilson, the former Nittany Lion who's been their top corner. He did not play in the game, and that's. uh... And that was a big loss for them. But there was a pass play they threw early in the game in the first quarter to Donovan Edwards. They split Edwards out to the far side. And Edwards is a heck of a receiver. He's one of the better running back receivers out there, period. And we've seen, I said they're going into last year's game, same thing this year's game. Well, they split him out. Well, he's out there all by himself, and they didn't snap it initially. And the linebacker, as they're playing man, is sprinting out to get there. And he barely, I'm talking like, sorta of gets there and you know, and Edwards has plenty of speed. He blows right by him down the down the sideline and you know and makes the catch and he's finally taken down like the two or three yard line, and set up a touchdown run by Blake Coram. But that's you know that's a case of look younger team, backups playing, I mean there's a lot of issues that they had there. I mean, a lot of issues they had playing that game. So, it's, um, it's where we are. And so far, the Big Ten has not store as the NCAA announced what they want to do with any of this. And, again, each side has been able to go out. I mean, I'm talking about uh, Michigan. They have probably all their legal ducks in a row as to how to handle whatever comes out, where they can check and delay all they want. I think that's, in the end, going to be what happens here. It's going to be a check and delay. Okay. The way it is. And you know, you come to accept that. That's why I just worry about the game, worry about what happens between those lines on Saturday. All right. Take a break. We'll wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, so uh, tomorrow on the show, Bob Nightingale. I guess they've. I guess a lot of people in Arizona got sick and they think it might have been food poisoning. So they ended up uh, pushing back the baseball. I mean, are still going to talk baseball with them tomorrow anyway. That's your basic spam call in the background. So. Uh, but it is. Um, so we'll talk to him tomorrow about the baseball part. King will be on tomorrow. We'll do picks. Anything that develops with Michigan, we'll talk about that tomorrow as well. I've got Penn State basketball tomorrow night with Lei at 7.30, and then football on Saturday with uh, Michigan. The airtime is 10.30. There you go. It's a big weekend. A lot of high school football tomorrow night, including the games we talked about at 2.06 today as we – talk with Greg Wetzel. Lewisburg has got its game with Danville, Sealand's Grove Jersey Shore. Thanks to Zach Showers for that. So those games are tomorrow. Lewisburg on 100.9 the Valley at 6.30 and Sealand's Grove Jersey Shore on Eagle 107 at 6 o'clock tomorrow with a 7 o'clock kickoff. So There you are. All set. For a big weekend no baseball, all done it's all football college football will dominate, now tonight I think the college game tonight's better I think if, well maybe not by much, I think it's Louisville, Virginia tonight I believe that's the college football game tonight it's Louisville, Virginia so I guess we can debate whether it's better not sure yet, I may try and watch a little bit of both, I mean I'll watch some of the Bears-Panthers game I'll watch some of that. Ooh, Baylor won today in basketball. Beat John Brown, 8 96-70. Who that? Yeah, it's Virginia Louisville tonight. And the other game is Southern Mississippi against Louisiana. Southern Miss has hit hard times. They're 2-7. Same record as Virginia. Louisville's eight and one. Louisiana in the other game, which is th- that game's on ESPNU, Southern Miss Louisiana. Louisiana's five-four. Hey, by the way, props to the Sixers. They're off to a six and one start. Beat the Celtics. Yeah. So they're, yeah, props to them. They're six and one in the year. Quinn Ewers coming back to be the starting quarterback for Texas when they play TCU this weekend. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Route Eleven and Fifteen in Hummel's Wharf. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.